Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is uh, the Republican candidate for mayor in the city of Albany, Alicia Purdy. And Alicia is going to talk, uh, one of the things she's going to talk about is the city budget. So, Alicia, I, I've had discussions over, you know, over several years about the budget. Uh, in a nutshell, can you give our audience your views on it? The so the 2022 budget was just released by the incumbent Sheehan, and um, I, in short, the priorities are way off. Again, it's another fail. It's again, not people-focused. And I want to draw a line between the two because some could argue it is people-focused, I think, based on the categories where the money has been committed. But that's the problem. The money has been committed to categories and committees and not actually, not actually people. And it's, it's an endless it's an endless tiered system of financial commitment to structures and um, they lack deliverables. So that's, that's the biggest fail here is if you've tracked her budget since 2014, which I have, the deliverables in a court are, are disproportionate in accordance to the actual money available. There, there are no deliverables or they're extremely low. Um, I've been tracking this for a while, and there's more to come on that down the road as we get very close to the, the debate and the, the election. But in short, again, it, it's another non-people-focused fail. And so overall, you don't think the budget will do much to help the people in Albany? Well, I'm confident it won't because so much money was set aside for the creation of a public safety commissioner, this new part-time job. Um, As I've been tracking the incumbent's record, one of the things I've noticed is lots of creation of departments and jobs, but they're all departments and jobs largely at the very top of the the quote-unquote Albany food chain and not really a deliverable to the average resident in Albany. A, a very high amount of residents in Albany live below the poverty line, making less than $30,000 a year. And um, we're creating a public safety commissioner that's going to oversee the police department. So somebody who hasn't um, been to police academy, somebody possibly with no law enforcement experience, somebody who who prioritizes social justice over actual justice, um, it's, it's another fail. And what people are starting to see, they're starting to see decisions being made that are just more wheel spinning in, in the mud that we're stuck in. And so um, focusing on people, what that really looks like is ensuring that the average human being is cared for, and that's, that, is, that includes housing and it includes food, but also includes um, a cleared path to home ownership and it, a cleared path to even fixing up your home. And 
making city grants available. That's just stuff we don't have in the, in the city of Albany, and we should have for people to take advantage of. And it shouldn't be a year-long application process and a, and a process of coding. It needs to be we have to stop agonizing over finding the perfect, the narrowest demographic we can find and start getting money into the hands of people to provide them with um, some kind of equity and financial stability provision. Those things are not in place, and the things that are are directly correlated to the benevolence of the government and city government leadership. That's wrong. People need to have autonomy in their lives to make decisions for themselves. And government's job should be to empower those decisions, not be the handout for them. So when you when you had the opportunity to study the budget, were you were you surprised that it was not really people oriented? Well, no, of course not. I've been saying this for ten months. The the administration in Albany has a hundred percent of everything to do with politics and people in Albany are, are the bricks of the, of the building that this administration is trying to build the legacy to themselves, the, the, the tower of greatness. And, and people are really the building blocks. They're not the tower that they're not the, um, the builders of their own legacy. And so I have a real problem with that. So no, the budget I've combed through the budget as much as I can uh, over the last eight years of the current administration's tenure. And um, in 2014, one of the things that she had noted was that social justice and equity would would drive her leadership. And, And really with all this crime and the shootings and the lack of attention to people, that actually is what equity and social justice are. That's how they manifest. And, of course, because we've needed a lot of change in our culture and society, people have been attracted to the idea and the notions of social justice and equity uh, because civil rights and actual justice have um, taken longer than people wanted to, to play out, and they're complex. But social justice and equity are they're a sliding scale. They're, they're, the ground underneath them is shaky, and what happens is you end up getting a, another skewed glance at humanity that plays favorites. And so that's where, really where we are. The heaviest part of the budget reflects um, a minority of people, not a, not a skin color minority, but a minority of thought of people in the city of Albany, and it's amplified it, and it does not represent the average citizen. That is a problem. That's when you have a mobocracy in Albany, which is what has happened under the Sheehan administration, and we're suffering for it. So a lot of the money allocated in the budget, it goes to salaries, right? I wouldn't say a lot of it, but plenty of it does, certainly. And um, while people have probably read in a press release the um, aggrandizing of of giving money, especially to city workers, One of the things, and that sounds great, that's a decoy because what the administration has done is taken money and scrambled to pay it out as quickly as they can to city workers and hoping, hoping to buy um, election, hoping to buy an election, hoping to purchase votes from people and loyalty from people. Um, everybody saw right through it. Is anybody going to do anything about it? I don't know. But it's 
became ridiculous. There are letters flying back and forth across unions and everything where people are, they saw right through it, they're sick of it, and they realize now they actually could have gotten something better had the Sheen administration taken more time to make a more thoughtful decision and not just scramble to throw breadcrumbs at people hoping to purchase their votes. So you're going to be having a, a debate with your fellow candidates soon. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the debate and if you're happy about it? Um, I'm not happy about it because this has been, um, from the beginning, a very deceptive and intentionally deceptive playing out of the mayoral race in the city of Albany. And I say that because, as you know, and as many people know, there are typically significantly larger amounts of mayoral debates in the city of Albany. Um, And there have only been the next one coming up on October 20th will only be the second one. And it's going full virtual, which is interesting because all across the capital region, the League of Women Voters is putting on in-person or hybrid debates, except for in the city of Albany. That's a problem. And I'm 100% confident that it has everything to do with the protection of a failed incumbent whose horrible record of failure is about to be widely exposed and exploited by me for sure, if not Greg Adele. I have no clue what he's up to in his campaign, but definitely by me. So whenever I interview a uh, mayoral candidate, I always give, I send an invitation to May Kathy Sheehan to come on Focus on Albany, share her thoughts on what a third term looks like, her vision of a third term. And I've been asking and asking, inviting, inviting, and nothing. From your perspective, uh, Alicia, do you think Kathy does have a, a vision for a third term? Oh, yes, I do. I'm completely confident she has a vision for a third term. And the reason why she's not discussing it is because it's that bad. That's why. Um, the, the vision for her third term, I can't speculate. I'm not in her head. All I can tell you is if we look at history as any kind of guiding guidance here in the city of Albany, you can be assured there is a vision for the future, and it will be driven again by social justice and equity rather than equality and civil rights. And um, what we're going to see in the next four years is the last eight years on crack. Okay. Uh, that might be the correct case. Uh, the next four years might be, you know, the past eight on steroids. Maybe yes. Okay, I'll give you that. Maybe no. But at the same time, Kathy Sheehan promised she was only going to do two terms. And when it came uh, towards the end of her second term, she said, oh, no, there's COVID. I want to I wanna, uh, finish everything I started. Okay, so if somebody does that, when it comes to a third term, if reelected, 
Do you think you have another excuse at the end of the third term to run again? Sure. That's the dog ate my homework excuse. Garbage. That's such a lame-o excuse, and nobody believes her. Nobody believes her. In fact, um, what the real benefit is, you have to go deeper than the city of Albany. The real benefit is at the state level to have a permissive government in the city of Albany. That's what, this has everything to do with that as much as anything else, as much as it has to do with um, the political power and wealth accumulation of Kathy Sheehan as an individual. It has everything to do with the state level as well because, um, as everybody knows, the state workers come up here from New York City, the assemblymen, and they put their feet up in Albany, and they give nothing in return, and we have this little tin cup money that's supposed to cover our bases. Um, all of that is a huge bait and switch for the people of Albany, and it's part of the reason our taxes are so high. But all of this ultimately benefits the powers that be, um, Chaos, mayhem, and violence are the fastest path to wealth for a corrupt politician. And that's not just the Asheen administration. That has to do with the state level as well. And so um, at the end of the, the next third term, I don't know what she's going to do, but why would we not believe that she would just lie again? She's proven herself to be a liar. Why would we not believe that she would lie again? You cannot believe Anything that comes out of the Sheen administration, you can't even believe their press releases. The day that there was a mass shooting several days ago, the Times Union, on that very day, instead of putting that as the headline, instead they put a puff piece out about Kathy Sheehan. They've become the PR branch for the Sheen administration to divert attention away from what's really going on. And that's what's going to happen in the next four years. In the next four years, whether or not there's a pandemic, whatever the excuse may be, if the state needs Kathy Sheehan in power and Kathy Sheehan still wants to be in power, that's what's going to happen. They'll make up an excuse. And whether or not people buy it, I just don't know. I can't predict any of that. But I can tell you, but I don't know if she'll even run again. But all I'm saying is if she does, she'll think of, she'll make up a reason. So, you know, I'm sure that you've done some research on the history of politics in Albany. Um, Erastus Corning served for 40 years as mayor. And, you know, people, some people like him, some people love him, some people really don't like him at all. So from, from your research in comparing the two elected officials, uh, Erastus Corning and, um, I'm sorry, and Mayor Sheehan, would you say that Corning was more of a people person where he really would talk to the people? In other words, he was kind of benevolent, and, and the, but it, uh, did his hardcore politics when people weren't looking. Do you think that um, Mayor Corning was, benevolent where Kathy Sheehan is not. Well, does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, it does. One of the things that Erasmus Corning did that people remember him kindly for is, as you say, being a people person. Um, Lots of stories are out there about him 
uh, pitching in with a shovel and, you know, helping out guys, somebody bailing out someone's basement of water with his own bucket, that sort of thing. And no, Kathy Sheen would never do something like that. But none of that matters because whether or not Erasmus Corning was or was not a people person in his heart, again, the concept is the same, that people are the bricks upon which Erastus Corning built his legacy, this Empire State Plaza, and, and Kathy Sheen is doing the exact same thing. This is still, it doesn't matter. This is actually what, what I would call change. Change is it's just swapping out one thing for another and call, calling it change, which is why I use the word transformation when I'm talking about my campaign, because it's the, it's the complete creation of an entirely new thing that didn't exist before. And Erastus Corning the reason why he's kindly regarded is, you know, because he's bailing people out with his own bucket. But he also wiped out blocks of people, humanity, mm-hmm. and they, they gave them crooked, corrupt financial deals to wipe them out and to overtake them with state land with Rockefeller and build that Empire State Plaza. And we, to this day, we're bearing the financial burden of that. And Kathy Sheehan is part of that machine, begging for her tin cup money, her $12 million, now $15 million in the 2022 budget. That's a huge scam on the city of Albany. According to the assessed value of that land, we should be entitled to $100 million a year of money from the state. Even half that, $50 million, $15,000, $12,000, that's a pat on the head and a decoy amount. But this is all, again, largely part of the corruption. So they, Erastus Corning, for as nice as he was, was a politician who climbed on the back of the everyday person, and so was Kathy Sheehan. Uh, let's, talk, let, let's talk about uh, the, the city. When First of all, you and I had done discussions on Madison Avenue and uh, and how – you know, the business owners are in, on Madison Avenue are not happy with, with uh, Sheen's rule. So when for a person not in the city who is up here for business or for whatever reason somehow would drive up Madison Avenue, it doesn't look very welcoming. There's... Uh, old-time restaurants that are closed, there's boarded-up buildings, there's people hanging out on the street that doesn't look very welcoming. And in other parts of the city, like Clinton Avenue, you'll see the same thing with boarded-up buildings. So this does not send a signal to people outside the city we're the capital of the state of New York, and we look like this. I think it's pitiful. What do you think? Of course it is. We look we look like Mogadishu. In fact, I've traveled. I've traveled the world. I've been in Manila in the Philippines. Um, I've been in Tondo in the Philippines, which is a, a large garbage dump where people live. Um, I've been in Africa. I've been in Johannesburg. I've been around the world. My husband has traveled to terrible places in India that are completely impoverished. And some of these, these countries have a similar appearance to downtown Albany. Yes, of course it's a shame, and anyone can see it's a shame. 
But the question now becomes, where do we go from here? I'm really not somebody, and I never have been, I am not somebody that likes to bemoan what we're walking through. I am somebody that says, this is where we are now. Where do we go from here? And that's the question I've tried to ask people. Um, I ask it constantly in the city of Albany. Okay, I've heard your complaints. I'm seeing what you're seeing. Where do you think we go from here? They, people don't realize because, because the um, administration that's currently in power has, has really, like I said, pulled a classic bait and switch on the people of Albany. A lot of people just presume that they're stuck this way, which is actually not the case. It, the priorities are skewed in the current administration. So where do we go from here? The first step in all reality, in all reality, the first step is a new mayor. That's why I'm running for mayor. That's why I'm the most I'm the most capable candidate that's running on the ballot right now. There isn't any other candidate that's as capable and as knowledgeable as I am, and um, that's pro law enforcement. I'm the only candidate on the ballot right now that even supports um, law enforcement, letting them do their jobs, working on community facilitation. Um, Greg Adell just came out with a statement saying we're just gonna, under under his leadership. They're just going to leave police alone and let them do their job. Well, I completely disagree with that statement. And I also disagree with putting a civilian in power, like a public safety commissioner, over the city of Albany as well. Um, I represent striking the balance between those two things, and that's really what we need. We don't have a balance in the city of Albany. And what, what you notice is because there's such demoralization of the police and people have just sort of succumbed to their fate in Albany, they don't really realize what the first step is. And that's by design. The first step truly is a new mayor. No, I am not going to pray all the crime away. No, I'm not going to bring down the hammer on everybody in the city of Albany. This really is going to be an intentional slowing of the pace, no more breakneck speed to spend money. This is going to be an evaluation and a stewardship and a purposeful spending and a, a answered set of deliverables to get money into the hands of human beings and then bring accountability to that because what we have downtown is obviously unacceptable to us all but are we all willing to do something transformative which is vote for not only a new mayor but a republican mayor um, in order to see the things happen that we want to happen or do people just want to keep complaining i'm a where do we go from here person all the way so as we're talk, talking, a thought just occurred to me. You know, when you talk to people and when I talk to people, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, uh, Kathy Sheehan is going to win hands down and there's there's no doubt about it. So when people talk about the incumbent who has not been, who has not performed a stellar performance? Do you think that people, for the most part, have been conditioned, have been conditioned to accept what what, what is handed to them in the city of Albany? Well, in the city of Albany and elsewhere around the United States, of course, this is what Stockholm syndrome is all about. That people are conditioned that you can break you can break the mind and the will of a human being, so that they stop asking questions and and even worse they fall in love with you. That's what's happened in the city of Albany. 
Yes, they've been conditioned. And the way that you condition a human being through brainwashing is it's a slow mental break of oppression and fear, hunger, and removing their basic human needs from them and then being the one who gives it back to them. And and then they're grateful without realizing that if they had just fought back, even to the death, they would have control over their own lives. And so now I, I can't blame that squarely on the shoulders of one individual, Kathy Sheehan. But yes, in the city of Albany, what has happened slowly over time is there has been an erosion of somebody's autonomy and their willpower and their basic needs to where they've become completely reliant and conditioned to believe that the benevolent savior is their governing leaders. And that's actually not true. My vision is to empower people to come alongside them, to scaffold them so that they can do something for themselves. And that's been an interesting challenge to see. Um, You know, there was a study done by these scientists where they had five monkeys in a cage and at the top of a ladder, they put some bananas. And when one of the monkeys climbed up to get the bananas, the scientists sprayed all the monkeys on the ground with ice cold water. And every time a monkey would go up to get a banana, they would spray the monkeys on the ground with ice cold water. So what started happening was if a monkey approached the ladder, all the other monkeys would beat the crap out of them. And so nobody, nobody approached the ladder anymore because they didn't want the ice cold water. Then they replaced one of the monkeys with a fresh monkey. And that monkey climbed the ladder to get the banana and all the monkeys beat the crap out of them. But the scientists didn't spray anybody with water. So slowly over time, they began to replace the monkeys, the old monkeys, with new monkeys. And every time they did, a monkey would climb the ladder and the other ones would beat them up. Well, eventually, what happened is the entire cage was filled with all new monkeys, none of whom had ever been sprayed with water. But anytime somebody approached the ladder, they'd beat a monkey. If you ask those monkeys, why are you beating the monkey? You've never, nothing's ever happened to you. Why, have you. why are you beating the monkey who's going for the banana? What they would say is, well, we don't know, but that's just the way things are done around here because all they'd ever experienced was being beaten every time they climbed the ladder. That's called brainwashing, and that's what's happening in the city of Albany. People, don't, people are beating on anybody else who tries to do something better for themselves and saying, well, we don't know why, but this is just the way things are done around here. You don't climb that ladder, you don't get that banana. You're going to get beaten. And so what you need is you need a leader who is facilitating people having the freedom to make a decision for themselves without consequence to destroy them for making a decision for wanting better for themselves. That's what empowerment is all about. It's what I bring to the table as a leader. It's what's a transformative about my leadership. So, Alicia, unfortunately, we're just about out of time. And I know there's not too much time left between now and election day. And you are probably in a crunch. So, for somebody who wants to donate to your campaign, to somebody who wants to volunteer on your campaign, anything, give your give your contact info out. Yep, come to Transform Albany, and you can just click on the contact form there. There's all kinds of uh, plans, the promises, the platforms. Everything is there, spelled out in detail. Um, no vague word salad. Um, and you just have to click the contact form, and you can. We'll drop off a launch. It's all there. Come find me at transformalbany.com. You can find me on Facebook, too, at Alicia Purdy for Mayor. Alicia, thank you. Um, 
couple weeks to go. Uh, good luck, and I'm sure we'll be talking before then. So All you've right. been listening Thanks, to uh, Alicia Purdy, uh, candidate for mayor in the city of Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. And if you're so inclined, I'm on the radio 9.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. WCAA 107.3 FM. Um, And if you're not in Albany, um, we stream live. So if you listen to the podcast, great. If you listen to the radio show, great. But hopefully you will um, learn some of this stuff from the people that I have been interviewing. Thanks, Alicia. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.